then you get to the editing <laughs> and you're like this is terrible i'm in this pit of despair trying to crawl myself out hi there edibuddies welcome to the edibuddies podcast this episode is brought to you by the pit of despair don't even think Don't even think about trying to escape. This month, I was hoping to give you a two-for-one episode because I'm interviewing two incredible people at once. Uh, But our conversation ran a little long, and it's all fantastic. So this is going to be our first two-for-two two-part episode. Kristen Helling and J.R. Frontera are indie authors, self-publishers, and close friends who have spent years on the self-publishing grind. They've got some incredible insights, and this is one of those conversations where I just let them take me where they wanted to go, and I'm really glad I did because I learned a ton. A little note, normally I start with the guests introducing themselves, But this time, we just spent the first few minutes talking about a conference they were both attending and some of the recent changes made by Amazon that upset a lot of self-publishers. I left this portion in because it leads to a really interesting discussion about the trials of indie marketing in general. But don't worry, Jenny and Kristen will introduce themselves a little later in the episode. I hope you love it, and I hope you stick around for part two next month. So what normally happens at that at that conference? Because I've heard you guys talking about it, but I don't really know anything about it. Um, you basically are you're in panels all day, but the main gig is networking. So in between the sessions, lunch, dinner, they have like every single industry professional from yeah. indie marketing, <laughs> indie publishing industry. Right. Like so Draft you- Digital, uh, Podium Audiobooks. Um I think is I don't know if Google Play is coming this year. They actually have Amazon there this year, which yeah. is super interesting because last year Amazon was supposed to come and then canceled. Yep. And like all the other years, they were like, Psh. and I think it's funny that now they're like, oh, we're gonna come to the conference, you know? And it's like, uh huh, yeah, why? Yeah, now you, <laughs> now the people are really pissed off at Amazon. They know. they know indies are starting to get. Exactly. They're like trying to like, they know know. it's starting to get big, but also they probably don't want to be like, don't kill the messenger, like bombarded by all of the They're going to get screwing us. (laughs) I know they're going to get slammed. I, uh, and Craig's like, don't be mean. Don't be mean. I'm like, uh, I'm going to be mean. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to be that mean because I do realize they're just employees. You know, they're not responsible for this crap, but I'm going to like, let them know how unhappy I am and that they need to go tell their superiors about this because this is nonsense. They're probably like, oh crap, Jim, I got the author conference. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, we're gonna die. They're probably yeah. like, you realize they're gonna murder us, right? They're like fighting in the like conference room who's gonna have to go and deal with it. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah, I do feel sorry for them. I did have a, not last year, I think, but the year that they had it before it got canceled for COVID, um, they did have Amazon reps there, like a few of them drifting around and like, so it was sort of random, but I ended up being able to get a one-on-one with one of them 
So I had like this laundry list and I was like, okay, this happened, this, 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 you need to fix this. This is stupid, blah, blah, blah. And he was like taking notes and he acted like he didn't know any of what I was saying. So I'm just like, <laughs> he had no idea that any of this was happening. And I'm just like, yeah, I feel like that's the case over there. You know, they just, they just have no idea. They're, they're so separated from the people who are right. using the platform. Exactly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What's the name of the conference? It's called uh, 20 Books Vegas. 20 Books Vegas. So it's run by 20 Books to 50K, which is a huge, huge group on Facebook. I don't know if you're in that group. I am in it, but I never check it because it's just way too big, essentially. And there's just too much going on all the time. And honestly, most of the stuff there, I don't give a crap about. <laughs> um, but sometimes, though, yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, it's a lot of, you know, people posting like, I made $100,000 this month. And yay. yeah, they're, they're trying to encourage people by their success. And so they, right, which is good, but then also bad because nobody ever talks about, uh, all the time before they hit that so like it can give a false impression of like do this and then you'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars when like that's not the case for 98 percent of people so yeah everybody does everybody it has like everybody's journey is totally different mm -hmm. so if like it works for one person it might not work for you because there are a million variables right time genre like uh, what you've done to get to that point, everything is totally non-relevant to another person's journey. And so it's like, right. people can give you, can tell you about how they succeeded and maybe they give you an idea or they inspire you or they, or you can branch off of it in some way, or you could be like, oh, I didn't think about that. But doing exactly what they did is not going to give you their result. Yeah. Right. And I do feel like, like too many people literally say, do this exact thing. And mm -hmm. I guarantee you will be successful. And it's like, yep. mm, no, that's and a lot of people. And a lot of people make a lot of money off of authors by yes. giving that information out. <laughs> right. They're like, I have the magic button. Yes. Pay me a couple hundred dollars and I'll teach it to you. Just follow this process and you will have magical success. It and it's so like, yes, that did work for you. Yeah. But uh, it's not working for all these other people. <laughs> It's so hard too, because especially, you know, like new authors who are really excited and really passionate, like they, you know, they have the dream and they're like, I want to publish. I want to be out there in the world. Somebody please give me a roadmap because I'm so passionate about this. And it's kind of like, there's no, even if you can follow, you can try to follow this person's roadmap or you can read Stephen King's books or you can, you know, you know, you can do whatever it is that you think is going to help you, but ultimately you have to forge your own path. And that's really, right. really hard to, to it is especially that. hard. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Because also it's so much stuff. It's like overwhelming. <laughs> so it's like, you don't even know where to start. Like yeah. you're just standing there. Like, I don't, I'm yeah. completely lost, which is why it is good. Yeah. To, and in the to, beginning to start somewhere. Yeah. And then along the way you can at least, you know, you can change things to like fit your specific. And in the beginning or... you're told, you're told so many times that like you have to keep hustling before you even begin to get any traction. So in the beginning, you're like, oh, all I have to do is write this book. No, they're <laughs> like, you won't even start selling until you have a whole series out and right. have all these things lined up. So you're like looking ahead. Of, it's overwhelming because you're looking ahead and you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, 
I have, I have to, or I have, or I have to write this 60,000 word book, which is a short book. And, (laughs) and that's not even, you're not even at ground zero doing that. Like you are like (laughs) having like, they're just like, you won't even begin to gain traction or make any money or even put yourself on the map until you've got your first book free that offers your, (laughs) right. The then reader magnet and the funnel and the newsletter and the website and the, and it's like, oh my God. Don't even try to write a new series that doesn't connect to your old series in any way because you're starting <laughs> over. Right. <laughs> you have to start back at less than ground zero. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think that, um, I, there, I feel like there are a lot of people who are very good writers and who write very good books whose books will never see the light of day because they don't have the other skills that are required to really find readership. And then on the flip side, I feel like there are a lot of things that are maybe being published and maybe getting readership that aren't necessarily like the best or the, you know, like the pinnacle of like writing. But because those people do have the marketing skills or social media skills or are good with connecting with an audience, they're going to be able to find readership even when people who, you know, it's not necessarily about having the best possible writing. Like you're saying, it's kind of this whole package that you have to develop on your own. Yeah. Yeah super true like look at like (laughs) stephanie meyer or (laughs) yell james like those books are not or even suzanne collins like these books are not good but there's no their writing is problematic but the story is good yes and so and so that's what people think the story is good yes (laughs) clearly (laughs) yes but, 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 books, but yeah, it's the package and you're selling yourself essentially and not necessarily your product. Like mm-hmm. it is crazy though. Like what you say is a completely true. Mm-hmm. Cause I always, cause I always think like, okay, craft first, mm-hmm. but you're right. When you're a great marketer and you've got visibility, the craft doesn't matter as much. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it can kind of depend on your goals too, because, um, yeah, I've I've been having a lot of conversations around this particular topic actually in some of my other uh, writer groups because there are a growing number of authors who are getting fed up with Amazon, um, who are realizing that the publish a book a month rapid release schedule is not long term sustainable at least for them, um, who are realizing that in order to keep a schedule like that, their books have to be, I've started calling them potato chip books. Mm. So like, um, like they're satisfying in a way, but they're not really filling, I guess, you know, they're like a snack, which a lot of binge readers, which, you know, are like KU readers, people who plow through like a book a day, that's perfect for them, right? They just want a bunch of these like easy, fast reads. They can read like a hundred books, you know, no big deal, but how much do each of those books necessarily stand out to them? You know, are they going to remember that book or that author? Are they going to seek out more of that particular author's books? Are they going to go tell all their friends about it? Probably not. They're just going to keep going to the next thing. And a lot of the authors I've been talking to lately kind of don't like that. Like they're kind of like, I'm not sure that makes me happy as, as an author. Um, and I know for me, it's like never like that. Actually, I, I don't want that. 
Like I want, if a reader reads my book, I want them to get obsessed. I want them to like try to look me up and find more books by me. I want them to remember the thing, you know? So I want them more invested, I guess. But in order, I feel like to write books that are gonna get more of that reaction, that it is much more difficult to write something like that in a month, essentially. Even if it's a short book, just because it's just, I don't know, it just takes, you just have to like dig down further, I guess, or something. So it can depend on your goals. Like if you do not mind writing the potato chip style books or whatever and getting those binge readers, you know, then it totally works. But if you're writing, you know, epic novels that are <laughs> much deeper, more like, uh, you know, meteor kind of things and that you want a different kind of reader, they're harder to find. It's going to be a much slower build, but it's like you have to take a whole different approach, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I think more authors are sort of going more that direction, mm -hmm. I think. It's almost like they're, they want to do something a little different, I think, which is really interesting. I think that ties back really to what you were saying too about, you know, you have to forge your own path. Like there may be some authors who right. do the potato chip thing and love it and they just love cranking mm -hmm. out, you know, whatever they can and getting up there and getting mm -hmm. those kind of readers and that's that's their niche and that's great. And if you follow that kind of path, you're you're going to be great. But if you're not that kind of writer and you try to follow that path, you are going to hate right. writing <laughs> in yeah, a very short exactly, time. Exactly. <laughs> and then you'll be miserable. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, once you get to that point, you know, why don't you just go get a different job? <laughs> because if you're not having fun writing the books, like what is the point? You know, just go work somewhere else is what I always. I get in that, um, I get in that rut a lot where I feel like I enjoy having been <laughs> right. not necessarily the process, but having it in my hand and being like, I did this, mm -hmm. but right. like the process is grueling and <laughs> each step of the way you're like, first of all, you have no choice because you have this curse where you have these ideas in your yes. head that you have to get out. And the avenue that you have chosen is <laughs> words on a screen or paper. So, <laughs> so like, it's like, you have to write this. So then you write it. And you're like, it's so hard to write this first draft. When I'm done, when I write the end, the editing is going to be so much better, so much easier. Then you get to the editing and you're like, this is terrible. I'm in this pit of despair trying to crawl myself out. And, then, and so it's like, once the project is done and you see it and you've like, and then you're like, once the editing's done, the marketing is going to be so easy. I'm going to have this finished product and then the marketing sucks. <laughs> so it's like, why do I do this to myself? And then you're like, it's so true. And then it's like, you know, I, you know, I have nine novels out there. So I've done this nine times. Does that mean that I'm like actually insane? Because <laughs> I can't I know, right? over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> It, it, but I love it, but it's also like so much work. And so I, yeah. I sometimes I get in this route where I feel like I, I enjoy having been written than actually the process itself. Right. But like, can know. I just be finished with all the books now? Yeah. <laughs> like not actually do any of the work to make them that would be nice <laughs> I mean yeah. it, it is the whole stereotype of the tortured artist right but it is it is absolutely true it's like when you care about something that much you yeah. go through all the pain and if you're not 
going through the pain, then you don't really care about it. You know, like that's kind of, they, yeah. they go hand in hand. Yeah. And it for is a little, true. you know, I definitely do enjoy bits and parts of the process I'm sure. <laughs> overall, you know, <laughs> yeah. The highs and lows really make you feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Never yeah. a dull moment. So, um, I do, we kind of just went, which is awesome, but <laughs> this is a podcast. So I was wondering, I was like, are we in the podcast right now? Like, oh, this is going in. Yeah. We're going to use some of this. Yeah, we were just kind of blabbing, weren't we? We're going to, but like I asked about the conference we and all blabbing. of a sudden, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, but I do want to make sure yeah, that like, know. yeah, you guys introduce yourselves and we know a little bit about your like backgrounds. And I also love that you're both like mm -hmm. sipping from cups. That's a very like writerly thing to do. Jenny and I have a, um, the unique relationship of we're business partners in a publishing company, but, uh, and we're both writers, but Jenny is my editor, right? So it's like writer yes. editor relationship right now. Exactly. She somehow are still friends. Yeah, and she hasn't edited all of my books, just a few of the last one, you know, the last four. You got a comparison. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to talk about that. So first things first though, please, I would love for you. Um, let's just start with you, Kristen, just kind of give a little bit of your background, how you got into writing, um, what you're, you know, passionate about, what books you have out and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So my name is Kristen Helling and I publish under Kristen Helling. Um, I primarily write thrillers of all different kinds of genres. So I'm sorry, subgenres. So I write, um, I have a couple serial killer and crime thriller books out there. I've got a sci-fi psychological thriller. Um, I have been delving into action adventure thriller, which is kind of where I'm currently sitting at. Um, but then I also publish under the pen name, Kristen Elise, um, some kids books. So I had to separate my adult thrillers from my children's books. So I've got Kristen Helling and then Kristen Elise. Um, and so, yeah, um, a little bit more about me, I guess. Uh, besides the writing gig, I also own a coffee shop in North Kansas City, and um, I'm a mama. I have two young children, uh, one that's four and one that's about to turn one this weekend, which is insane. Um, and then I also co-own Word Wraith Books Publishing Company with Jenny, <laughs> who we're going to hear from. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's about it. I have eight eight published novels one on the way and I have two published kids books. Awesome. Yeah. Jenny, what about you? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yes. Um, I write under J.R. Frontera, although I have one children's book under Jenny Frontera. Generally, I go by Jenny. However, I do publish under J.R. Frontera just because, uh, I don't know, it sounds fancier or something. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but I write um, when I started out I wrote mostly sci-fi. My first complete published novel series was the Starship Ass series, which is about a donkey in space. I don't know where <laughs> you guys are thinking of, but it's about a donkey in space. So <laughs> glad you clarified. I was concerned. Yes. So many people are like, wait, what? It's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yes, it's like a funny space opera trilogy and had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then the current series I'm working on will be six books total. I'm currently drafting book four. That's like a weird Western sci-fi Western series um, that I'm having very, very much fun with. And then I also have several short stories published in various anthologies, mostly sci-fi. I did just recently write a horror short story, which my, my very first 
uh, official try at horror. So that was fun. Um, that's my most recent short. Um, but yeah, I have a short story collection out. But uh, I, I've been writing my whole life in some form or another. Uh, like Kristen said, it's a curse. I have so, so, so many times been like, why do I do this? I am <laughs> sitting here spending most of my time alone at my computer. Uh, but um, I can I can't not do it. If I think about not actually doing it, I kind of get panicky, actually, like I literally feel panic. So <laughs> I guess I will just keep doing it. Um, <laughs> But it does sort of, you know, I, don't, I honestly don't know why I, I always had to do it. I guess I was just so inspired by a lot of the other stories that, you know, I was intaking myself. I was a huge reader as a kid, of course, you know, TV shows, movies, cartoons, all these things. Um, then got really into Star Wars and I just wanted to create that adventure myself. You know, like I wanted to create my own adventure. Yeah. And I wanted to say what would happen next, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then I, I did my first Nano in 2012, and that is what really got me started back into actually like <laughs> finishing. So, and that's something. Nano. That's Nano Rimo National Novel yes, Writing Month. National Novel Writing Month. Yeah, in 2012 was my first try at it, and I actually won it, and I like blew my mind. Like, oh crap, I can actually actually write a lot of words in a month. Like, that's insane. So. Um, yeah, ever since then, I didn't publish anything, self-publish anything until 2015. Uh, and then the Starship Ass series came out in 2019. So technically, I've only been, had novels <laughs> out since like 2019, which is fairly recently for, you know, having started this in freaking 2012. Um, but it is a lot. It's, it's a lot. And it took a long time to sort of orient myself and figure out what I was doing and my first what I like one, to write. My first one was 2013 because that's why we created Word Rates. Right, exactly. Uh, which exactly. is an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, yeah, I, I would love to hear fun. about it, like how you guys kind of, now you guys have been friends a long time, right? Or, or did you just become friends because of Word Rates and the writing group and everything? Yeah. So we met through writing. So we actually, mm -hmm. um, we met at a, a UMKC, um, and I don't know where your, where your podcast audience is from, but UMKC is like a, is a university in Kansas city. UMKC mm -hmm. um, held a writing comp, like a writing conference retreat type of thing. And I didn't, mm -hmm. we didn't go to that school, but it was like a, you could just go to the conference as you know, that was open to the public. And so right. we both went to that conference. I went with my brother who uh, is also a creative and he's an actor and who, you know, we, later we could talk about that or whatever, but he uh, narrated my audio books. <laughs> But, um, so he, my brother and I went together because we were both, you know, wanting to, he wanted to get into script writing. And I was, um, you know, just wanting to ignite my writing career after graduating from high school. So this was a while back. Um, <laughs> I'm in my thirties now. So, so, so we went to the MKC conference and, um, you know, that's where we first met, but then we were talking about somehow we just got into talking about how we had this need for a writing group or other right. other writers to write with um and jenny like local like, too yeah local and jenny invited me to her house <laughs> and we were like strangers and she was yes. like 
you should come. We met like one time. <laughs> one time. Wow. And like you could, you should come to my house. And I, and she like gave me her address and stuff. And I was like, okay. Do like a writing day. Yeah. Like a writing marathon day or whatever. So I went. <laughs> and <laughs> and you didn't like, even get murdered. Like, and that was the thing. Jenny lives out in the freaking middle of nowhere, Missouri country town. And I was like, <laughs> I was like driving to her house, met her once before. And I was like on this like road that was like out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm literally, I write thrillers. Like <laughs> my brain, my brain is thinking of every possible scenario of what could happen going to this house. So, and so I go there, park in the driveway. Don't even know if it's her house. She could have given me any address. She could have been like, oh, I'm giving her some random address. And I walked up to the door and knocked and Jenny opens the door and goes, Oh, you came. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way she's going to like freak out. She's going to get scared. She's going to be like, I'm not going to the stranger's house, you know? In my but mind, no, I'm, like, I'm doing it. If yeah. I don't do this, I will never be a writer. So I was like, I have to do this. And then, yeah. So then we just got to talking at the table. It was me, Jenny, and another um, girl at the time. And we were all like, okay, so there's three of us. Let's each invite someone. So we each invited a writer and that's how the word wraiths writing group was born. Um, and then the publishing company came branched off of that because we were getting close. Some of us were, were getting close and we, we had the goal of being career writers. The other half of the group were kind of hobbyists that were just doing it for fun. So we kind of broke up essentially the group broke in half to the hobbyists and the career um, authors and Rod, uh, which is another one of our, um, writers, he's the third party in our publishing company, Rod, Jenny, and I were the serious career author side. <laughs> and I was getting ready to publish a children's book. My first book was a children's book and I needed ISBN numbers, which if you're familiar with there, it's the international library of Congress or national library of Congress. And you need to have these numbers to publish your book, but they're very expensive. If yeah. you don't buy them in bulk. And very when you buy them in bulk, they're very expensive. They're so still expensive. <laughs> so we like, Let's go in on these numbers together. But then we found out that whoever actually makes the purchase of the numbers, it's under their name. So right. We like, let's create a business entity for these numbers to be under. And then we right. can share the, the investment, you know? Yeah. And so that's how our publishing company was born. But then, you know, we saw the value in, having our own company uh, in terms of indie publishing. So we all mm -hmm. chose as like a business decision to go indie instead of traditional. Jenny and I both delved into the traditional side, you know, query mm -hmm. letters and all that. Uh, and, you know, um, Jenny, probably more than me, because you have some things traditionally published in terms of like uh, short stories and things that you were, you were, Yes, I was, mar or I was submitting, yeah, I was yeah. submitting a lot of shorts to like magazines and stuff, yeah. a lot, I did a lot of that. I'd only, I was, I got to the point where I was, I like, I wrote a query letter and stuff. Yeah. And to shop some publishers and, and agents and everything. And pitching. But it was kind of like, huh? We even both kind of pitched, I feel like at one point to traditional. I think we did, yeah. But it was like, um, it was kind of like, I at that point I learned a few more things that I did not know about. Mm -hmm. um, like I had, ever since I was 14, I had hardcore research. Cause you know, at 14, 
like self-publishing wasn't a, th a thing. Right. So, uh, I mean, they had the vanity presses, which I almost did when oh. I was like 16, oh. almost did a vanity press. Like I got their catalog and everything. Cause you know, it was like, at the time you're like, oh, they're going to publish my book. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, but I, I am currently shooing my dad away from vanity presses. Like oh, he keeps God. sending me links. Like, do you oh, think this no. is a good company to publish oh, with? And I'm no. like, no, no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's like even more of them now than there used to be, but like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. So thank goodness. I didn't fall for that. There was like a little, I think in the back of my head, it was like a little alarm bell. I'm just like, I don't know. So yeah. I never did that. Thank goodness. But, um, but I had been just I just knew everything about like the traditional publishing by yeah. that point but then after I had my kid I sort of you know got out of it because I was preoccupied so then I was sort of like catching up again like okay because yeah. things change so fast right in any industry even traditional publishing which is the slowest moving industry I think of all of them yeah. but I was just like you know I need to refresh and in the refreshing I actually learned a few more things and then I was like I'm not comfortable with this anymore because after I had spent years and years on nano slaving away over this novel, all of a sudden I didn't want to give it to anyone else anymore. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, uh, I just spent all this time on this and I no longer want to give a stranger the rights to it because I don't trust them with it. Essentially, you know, I do not trust them to care about it as much as I do. I don't trust them to who understand it like I do. And I sure as crap, I'm not going to accept, you know, Fabulous. pennies. Yes. <laughs> essentially on what it is worth. And at the time, uh, there were some other people that were making revolutionary moves in the indie publishing. Yes. It was uh, right around that time. Yeah, that's true. So we discovered a book. I don't know if you want to plug them, but Sterling and Stone um, wrote a book called Write, Publish, Repeat. Mm -hmm. And at the time we both picked it up, we read it and we were like, oh my God. Yeah. Like could do life this. changing basically. Yes. <laughs> and so that really propelled us into seeing that there were doors open for this mm -hmm. avenue that was never possible before that you were blacklisted doing before. Right, exactly. And so we rolled with it and that that's what we did. And so um, that's how Word Wraith Books was born. Uh, so Jenny and I are partners in Word Wraith Books. And then we have a third partner, Rod, who uh, has voting rights for the company in case Jenny and I get in an argument. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but we, we call ourselves a story studio though. So we don't accept submissions. We just publish ourselves. Yeah. So, and we have like a, we have an affiliate author program that we started, but there's only one book published under it. And that's my brother's poetry. <laughs> but really, that's not really what our goal is for this company. Right. Exactly. Uh, and so, so yeah, we've had word rates since 2014, 2013. Yeah. I think, 20, I think 2014 is the first official year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, and we yeah. are still and going we still with all it. really like each other. So this is good. The government has thing, yeah. shut us down yet. Yeah, that too. Yeah, we <laughs> haven't. <laughs> for making I know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, you guys have been in the indie publishing space for, I guess, eight years now. How do you feel like, do you feel like the industry has changed in that time period? And like, what kind of big moves are you seeing? And what do you kind of see as like the future of it? 
Oh, good question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, so when we started word race, I think there was that first big shift happening at that point, like around 2012, 2013, because, you know, Kindle was getting big, self-publishing was getting big. Um, the right publish repeat is essentially the same concept as 20 books to 50K. Mm-hmm. So you write the books as quick as you can, you put them out, you put them out like once a month, essentially, you get that rapid release, you stay, <laughs> you don't fall off the cliff, the Amazon cliff. Um, and you can earn a decent living if you have enough books out there because you just earn a couple bucks a day on each book and it adds up. But the more people that implied that strategy as happens, it gets diluted. The effectiveness gets diluted. The market got utterly slammed. Mm-hmm. I think currently there are 3 million new books published on Amazon per day. Whoa. Per day. Whoa. It's utterly ridiculous. So when you have that kind of, content influx visibility becomes nearly impossible yeah then you had the big ad surge so facebook ads amazon ads um that kind of thing which did work for a while but again that's also getting saturated now so it's harder to get traction it's trickier um i feel like right now we're on the crest of another shift right now um just like i said i've been talking to different authors in my groups and I'm seeing more and more of them yeah getting fed up with Amazon they're getting frustrated with the visibility issues um I was gonna ask if you were gonna if you were headed towards the direct sales route yes exactly that's where people are going so now so many more authors are realizing hey I don't want to hook my cart (laughs) to a horse I don't control right yeah so they're like you know I, Amazon can do whatever they want. I have no control. Facebook can do whatever they want. I have no control. And they're just getting really frustrated. So I'm seeing so many more authors now sort of pull back from what has been so popular for the last decade or so. And they're shifting more to, uh, you know, trying to create better relationships with their readers. Um, They're trying to get more direct sales so that they have full control, not and also get better royalties yeah and you know they're like going into more platforms like kickstarter (laughs) so that's like the i think the the new direction like things are kind of shifting and again i think now the, the good thing about direct sales is that you know, you don't have to worry about somebody publishing 3 million books <laughs> to your store a day, Yeah, right? That's never going to happen. So that's the good thing about that. Um, you do still, of course, have to find the people though, to yep. bring them to your store. Mm-hmm. So I think that will continue to be the challenge. Yep. But I do think it's going to get more reliant on the direct sales platforms like Kickstarter, which is still more of a direct sales than like Amazon. Um, and then you know, authors just being, I don't know, just engaging more with the audience. I feel like, I I think it's going to take a little bit more of a personal touch in the future. (laughs) It's not going to just be this mass sort of thing. It's going to have to be more individual, I think. Yeah. And you couldn't have said it better because in, in the example of Amazon, people feel like they've figured out the algorithm Mm -hmm. and the moment they get close or they figure it out, it's flipped on its head and it's changed. Yep. 
And Amazon can do that whenever they want because Amazon is in the business of making money. So they don't want people to figure out (laughs) what their outputs (laughs) are. So it's a, it's a constantly fluid thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you, you can't figure it out. And I feel like the people that, um, are first to the new, yes, scene of what's going to work are the ones that are successful. And then everybody follows suit. And then a really good example of that is, you know, offering your, um, offering a free story or something. The, Mm -hmm. um, the market got what Jenny said, so saturated with free, um, that people were just downloading the free books, putting them on their Kindle, but never reading them because they had too many that Mm -hmm. they put on their Kindles. And then, so they don't have time to read them. And then you're not getting sell through because they're not even reading the free book you gave out. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, it's just, you have to kind of always be on your toes and not be afraid to try new things because that new thing that you try could be the next new thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's like when Kindle Vela came out, you know, a whole bunch of authors jumped on it right away to try to be those first people that it might work for. And I don't think it worked very well for pretty much anyone which is unfortunate, but then, um, so at the end of last year, uh, Kickstarter sort of became a new thing because um, Russell and Monica, so Russell Noholti and Monica Lionel, they sort of came together and wrote a book, get your books, get your book selling on Kickstarter. <laughs> and they ran a Kickstarter for it, which was very meta. So, um, <laughs> but it did fantastic. Uh, and they sort of caught my attention in Vegas last year and I went to all the Kickstarter panels and stuff. And I was sort of like, I don't know. Cause you know, talking about trying all the strategies that all these other people have tried. Right. Mm-hmm. Literally none of them ever worked for me. Like I, nothing, I couldn't get anything that anyone else tried would ever work. And I was getting kind of frustrated, but I just sort of settled into like, well, you know, you have to forge your own path. So I'm like, I'm going to just write these books that are like this. And I'm going to find the readers that like that. And it's going to be slow and painful, but I'm just <laughs> going to stick with it. Right. Um, but I sort of got convinced. I was like, okay, I'll try it. So <laughs> Vegas last year, I got convinced to give Kickstarter a try. So then I've done two Kickstarters this year and both of them were very, oh, hang on. I'll pause for a second. I can't stop this sound <laughs> can you guys hear that <laughs> yeah no, yeah i can hear <laughs> oh no all right hang on a second i thought it was there like mood go. music to your story i'm like oh <laughs> yeah getting pulled in gosh the drama that's hilarious wow i love it okay there we go let me see if that helps okay yeah um i don't even remember oh yeah two kickstarters so, yeah. i did two two kickstarters this year um the second one was a collaboration though. I wouldn't even really count that as mine, but I ended up doing like a chunk of work actually on it. So I guess I'll sort of sort of call it like half, not even half, like a third, maybe third mine. But anyway, the point is um, those both did so much better than I ever would have thought. Like it was the very first thing I ever tried that like actually worked for me. And I was like, so, so excited. Um, and now, of course, like, especially since Brandon Sanderson ran the Kickstarter and like raised millions, that was insane. So now other authors are kind of like, wait a minute. So, yeah. you know, I, I was going to ask, like, is that going to get like, that's going to be the next thing that's going to be saturated, right? In the next couple of years, Kickstarter, like, because yeah, once Sanderson Probably. did that and made $42 million, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, this is how we make money. And it's just going to be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, 
I will say that, yes. And I will say that, um, you know, you can't just throw anything on Kickstarter and make money from it. I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's next get rich quick scheme. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, no, Jenny, no, no. Jenny is a bit of a, a Kickstarter hipster because <laughs> she was doing it before it was cool. She was starting yeah, her campaign right. and she was like literally almost completely finished. I was in the middle of it, I think. About yeah. to launch and then Sanderson launched and then Jenny's like, no, people are gonna think I'm copying Sanderson and I was doing this first. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. And that's what I was mad about too. Like nothing else. I was just mad that everyone's gonna think that I'm trying to copy him now. I was like, no, I was doing it first. <laughs> And that's our show for this time. I'm sorry I have to cut it off, but you are really going to love part two where Jenny is going to share her epic quest to acquire her dream audiobook narrator. And then, because this is the Buddies podcast, we will talk about editing a little bit. If you're interested in checking out Kristen or Jenny's books, I will leave both their websites in the show notes. Of course, if you want to contact the show, you can send an email to edabuddiespod at gmail.com. And if you're an author looking for editing services, you can reach out to me on my website, midwright.com, or on my Instagram at midwrightworlds. That's M-I-D-W-R-I-T-E worlds. See you next month for part two.